Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thanks so much for joining us here on this Friday evening. Not only is it Friday, but it's also President Trump's birthday today. It's Flag Day, thus the red, white, and blue. Hope you can appreciate that. All kinds of big things happen. We're going to touch on each one of them throughout the show tonight. And I want to start here tonight. The hubris of our bureaucracy could end up killing our democracy. I know it's a democratic republic, but it didn't really rhyme, so I'm sticking with what I just said. So earlier this week, though, I told you about when former Secretary of Defense and former CIA Director Bob Gates is asked, hey, what keeps you up at night? You've got a lot of intelligence. You've seen what's happening across the world. What is it that keeps you up at night? And I think what surprised many of us, he didn't say, hey, it's Iran, even though it seems to be somewhat of a hot spot right now. Didn't say, oh, it's China. Uh, what he said in his opinion, with everything that he knows, one of the biggest threats to him right now facing our nation, it's the D.C. swamp. It's the inability to really get anything done uh, from a bipartisan perspective or whatever to help our country long term to solve, obviously, the issues and the problems that we face. And I bring this up because part of the threat to our nation as well are these lifelong bureaucrats, the D.C. swamp. These are the people that we've talked about a lot as of late on the show i.e. in the Army Corps of Engineers. We've talked about building the wall, the money's been there, but they continue to sort of drag their feet because they say, hey, we can just stall this thing out. President's only gonna be here for 48 years, we can just stall this thing out and we don't really have to listen to what they have to say, but most importantly, what the people have to say, the urgency to get something done that the people go, look, we said we want a wall, let's get this thing done. And there's a myriad of things like that that we could talk about tonight. But I also wanna talk about it's not just congressional that's, that's a, an, an issue with our democracy or our democratic republic, but now we we're facing a deep state, a deep state that thinks that they know better than you and I, the people across our country, that they know better than you and I going out and choosing a duly elected president. Because remember, the deep state, when he was elected or about to be elected, meaning President Trump, they put together an insurance plan, an insurance plan. We all heard yesterday how you know, crazy and bad and wrong and evil President Trump is because he said, hey, if a foreigner came to me and he offered up some dirt on a candidate, I'd probably listen, probably call the FBI too, but yeah, I'd probably listen, hear what they have to say. And you would have thought that, I mean, the way that the, the media reacted, you thought, man, this guy's already committed a felony. We, we need to lock him up. You could hear the chants from the Democrats already, go, lock him up, lock him up, right? But I say this because I want to share with you tonight the hubris of the deep state in a, in a myriad of ways. I'm not, I'm not talking just about the FBI. Another story later in the show, the hubris of the bureaucracy, the deep state. So to set the stage, I want to share with you current FBI director, Christopher Wray. He was testifying. They were talking about, hey, if a foreigner was to give you know, a candidate or someone within the government uh, information on a candidate, here's some of what Christopher Wray had to say. Any public official or member of any campaign is contacted by any nation state uh, or anybody acting on behalf of a nation state uh, about influencing or interfering with our election, then that's something that the FBI would want to know about. So just for clarity, if a foreigner were to offer up, give you, say, hey, I've got some dirt on a candidate, that is a big, big no-no. Any information from a foreigner to a candidate or whatnot that is a big, big no-no. Please keep that in mind. That's important to know. Then last night, the head of the Federal Election Commission put out a tweet with a statement as well. The tweet, <laughs> the tweet said this, 
I would not have thought that I needed to say this. And she goes on to say this, and listen closely. Let me be clear, uh, something 100% clear to the American public and anybody, anyone running for public office, it is illegal, listen closely here, please. It is illegal for any person to solicit, that means reach out to somebody, to solicit, accept, or receive anything of value from a foreign national in connection with a U.S. election. Important context. So last night, former FBI Director Andy McCabe, which let me remind you, I don't know why this guy's a TV pundit. He was fired from the FBI. He's now been criminally referred by the Inspector General, and yet he's shown up on television acting as a know-it-all pundit. That doesn't make any sense to me, but I want to share with you something that he was on with Chris Cuomo, and Chris Cuomo, give him some kudos, set the stage, saying, hey, look, you know, you guys ended up paying uh, foreign nationals for dirt via Hillary Clinton, the DNC. Please, th this is the hubris of the deep state. I just told you what the Federal Election Commission said. I shared with you what Christopher Ray said. Listen to Andy McCabe react in this way. Does the argument that, yeah, okay, you shouldn't uh, have Russians giving you anything, and you shouldn't have been uh, paying Russians for information to amass a dossier the way Clinton did. Do you see these as analogs? Not at all. There's no equivalence between those two examples. Um, to say, to openly invite foreign intelligence officers, representatives from a hostile foreign government to, to steal information, to acquire opposition research in any way, in any illegal way that they might do that, and to present it to you is one thing. To, for a campaign to hire a law firm, an American law firm, who then turns around and hires an American research company, who then contracts out with a foreign individual, that is not illegal. Campaigns are allowed to hire uh, right. individuals, foreign individuals, uh, and to pay those individuals for the services that they provide. I, all I can do is laugh. It's Friday, and that, is, that, that, that to me shows the hubris and the arrogance and how they just think, you know what, the people in America are a bunch of roofs. That's why they have an insurance plan. They think they know, but this guy is from the FBI, folks. FBI, law enforcement. All right, let me remind you what the Federal Election Commission woman said. Let me make something 100% clear to the American public and anybody running for public office, meaning Hillary Clinton, it is illegal, illegal for any person to solicit, accept information of value from a foreign national. But according to a guy from the FBI, a former acting, we're not talking about some dude that just walked in the room. This is the former acting director of the FBI goes, hey, let me be clear here, Chris, okay? As long as I'm laundering money through, an, through a law firm and that law firm launders that money through a research group and then pays a guy from Britain that was, used to live over in Russia, then we're good, okay? That's okay, Chris Cuomo. They think we actually believe that. They are so arrogant. They think, oh, yeah, the American people are going to believe that. Believe I could go on and on, folks, but I get so frustrated with that kind of stuff, it just makes me want to pull my hair out. So. That's one example of the hubris of the deep state and bureaucrats. Here's another example, in my opinion. This one might be a little bit different angle, but I want to get your take on this. So now, the Department of Agriculture, by the way, please share your point of view and what I just share with you about what Andrew McCabe had to say and the situation at hand. So the Department of Agriculture is now moving two agencies, they're research agencies, okay? They're gonna take them out of the DC Metro, meaning the DC Swamp, and they're gonna move them into the heartland. They're gonna move them into Kansas. 
I'm not an ag research expert. I'm not an ag expert. The last time I checked, I don't think there's a lot of, you know, big farms in the D.C. metro. <laughs> Maybe there is, and I just don't know. It is the swamp. So, Ag Secretary Sonny Perdue, he stood up, made the announcement yesterday about how they were going to move these agencies, again, from the D.C. swamp to Kansas, to the heartland, and please, please watch how these employees responded having to move out of the D.C. swamp and actually come live in flyover country. We announced this morning uh, the uh, Kansas City region has been selected as a new home for ESR, ERS, and NIFA. And throughout the process, I've emphasized that this should never be construed in any way, shape, fashion, or form as a decision based on the jobs being done by our ERS and NIFA employees. In fact, I often publicly and privately brag to our colleagues that USDA has the best workforce in the federal government. So this is a strategic long-term decision for USDA as an agency. While this is a strategic and long-term decision for USDA, I know that it's not so much for you all. I realize that this is a real-time, immediate, and major change for many of you. I know that your primary concern, as expected at this moment, is for you and your families, and I absolutely understand that. I know that you've been feeling a lot of stress since we announced, uh, I think about 10 months ago, our strategic plan to move ERS and NIFA out of the National Capital Region. I want you to know that this decision was not entered into lightly and having recently undergone a major relocation <laughs> of my own. So, look, that's the right. They're silently protesting. They've got the right to do that. I think that there's a lot of people, though, knowing if you're in the D.C. swamp, look, it's not cheap to live there, right? I mean, part of the reason they're moving these things is because over the 15 years, they're actually going to save the, the taxpayer, you and I, $300 million. I guess I just would presume that many people are going to be grateful that they got a job. Maybe that's too much for me to presume, I guess, but they've got a right to do that. But on the, on the flip side, hey, you got a great gig. You're going to be in Kansas. Your dollar's going to go a lot further than it does in D.C. So here's Pat Roberts. He's the chairman of the Senate Aid Committee. He happens to be out of Kansas. But I want to share with you what he had to say about moving these agencies. I am very pleased that the Department of Agriculture has made a decision to put uh, two top agencies with regards to the agriculture research component, which is so terribly important for us to keep pace and to be of help to our farmers and ranchers and growers, especially at this difficult time they're going through. And it'll be in the heartland. And we think that's appropriate. Amen to that, right? We're, we're growing stuff. It's ag. Put it in the heartland. We'd love to have you. This is fantastic. Here's also Representative Steve Watkins out of Kansas as well. I would say, listen, you're going from uh, D.C., which is a city, to, uh, to the heartland. You know, Kansas City is a wonderful place. I grew up a little west of there. We've got a lot to offer, and I know that, that if they give it a chance, they're going to love it. So we'd love to know your point of view on that. Watching these bureaucrats, they have the right to silently protest. I get it. But it's also a pretty good gig. You got a good job. You're in the government. You ain't going to get fired, and you get to go move to the heartland. So... Please share your point of view around that. All right, Senator Tina Smith, U.S. Senator out of Minnesota, says, hey, one of the biggest things she keeps hearing from Minnesotans is their concern about prescription drug prices. She says, what in the world? How can we get these things lowered? So she's finally introduced a bill to try and fix this problem. Our D.C. Bureau caught up with her. Here's some of that interview. So 
So I reintroduced today the Affordable Medications Act, which is geared towards creating a comprehensive solution to lowering the cost of prescription drugs, which is such a huge issue in Minnesota and really all over the country. People tell me about it everywhere. We're seeing skyrocketing prices, and it's basically because the big drug companies can just charge whatever they want to. So this bill kind of gets to the root of that. It does a couple of things. The first thing is it says to Medicare, which is a huge purchaser of prescription drugs, Medicare, you can negotiate directly with these big drug companies for lower prices. It's hard to believe that that is forbidden right now under federal law, and that seems ridiculous to me. That will help lower prices a lot um, in, in Medicare. Another thing that the bill does is say that we ought to be able to import, pharmacies should be able to buy prescription medications in Canada, exactly the same medicine that you would, that you would need here, you would buy here, but it's available at a much, much lower price. So importing pharmaceuticals from Canada safe, we make sure that they're safe, is another solution. Then another thing that the bill does is it says we ought to have some price transparency. Like, why are the prices what they are? We tell the drug companies, explain to us, you know, how you're spending all this money. Do you know Americans are on track to spend $360 billion on prescription medications this year? And we want to know, like, where, what, what is all that money going for? Who, who signed off on the bill that said, yeah, Medicare can't negotiate? That's like the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. I'd love to know how much money Big Pharma dumped into campaign pockets to go, hey, I tell you what, we're going to max out on your campaign as long as you make sure you sign up on this bill so that Medicare can't. Sheesh. All right, today, we talked about it a moment ago. Later in the show, we're going to celebrate President Trump's birthday. But also today, it's Flag Day. So check this out. This is pretty amazing. Dozens of rare 13-star American flags never before exhibited were displayed at the museum of the American Revolution today. Antique flag dealer and expert Jeff Bridgman has loaned the historic flags to the Philadelphia Museum for display starting uh, today, and I'll go there now for quite some time. They got 32 different arrangements of 13 stars representing, of course, the 13 original colonies. So there's no really official pattern for the stars. Wait till you hear this, because this, this happened in, seven, I think it was 1777. There's no original pattern for the stars until 1912 when they finally came up with a certain arrangement. So pretty cool to see the 13 colonies displayed in all sorts of different ways, which is incredible.